1: West Ham United, we celebrate our victories, we stick together in defeat, We're proud of our history, West Ham United, more than just a podcast, more than just a podcast.
2: Hello and welcome to More Than Just A Podcast podcast. Um. I would ask Sean what episode it is, but he's in South Korea. Oh, wait, he's here. Hello, Sean.
3: Hello. Uh, I want to apologise in advance for the quality of my mic, but I am speaking 5,500 miles away in Seoul in South Korea, in my hotel room, and it's 6 o'clock in the morning as I speak.
2: That's dedication, isn't it, for you? Yeah. Good
4: or a really bad liar.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm joined by Rhys Jones in the studio, who's decided to come back this week.
4: Yeah, why not? Uh,
2: he's got <laughs> loan
4: new, news of a new loan deal, haven't you? <laughs> shock. Where, where um, are you now? I lost count. Um, <laughs> now I'm at Hampton and Richmond, having fun and just.
2: It's, I think it's a good move. It is. It's, it's nice. Comfortable. South. Good, good result local. on the weekend. Yeah. Happy and days. John, who is poorly at the moment, he's got a bad back, so he's lying flat on the floor as he can't move. Hello, John. Hello. But we're all here, and not illness, birthdays, or Flights. being in <laughs> South Korea has stopped any of us. So I think that's dedication. Well done tonight, lads. Well done. Thank well you, done. George. Um, so we drew with Palace at the weekend, but before that we had a very good result. Who wants to talk about what first? What was the decision? I forgot.
0: Um, let's talk about the Blackpool game, which in my opinion is the performance of the season.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. yeah. <laughs> the performance, performance of a long time in my opinion Yeah, Rhys, as a uh, neutral, what was your views on the game?
4: Uh, non, As a non-biased uh, on any player that I have affection for I'd probably say Henry Lansbury's probably turned the season round From a potential uh, title winning to a definite As you've got him in the sticks as well as scoring goals I mean, what <laughs> more can this man do? <laughs> I'll tell you what was funny. On Saturday, George, it? he was warming up down the line and
0: everyone started seeing England's, England's number one. one to him yeah. and he found it highly amusing. So, yeah. Did you
3: Did you see a- the um, interview I did with um, Sports Tonight with uh, Porky Parry and Flash on uh, the Blackpool game and they were talking about it. They obviously don't know Henry Lansbury goes in goal and they went, oh, yeah, well, they had no goalkeeper and uh, they, uh, Porky Parry's going... I reckon they just... I oh know, it was Flash who said, yeah, I reckon they just asked on the bench who is going in goal, and I reckon so who's, Henry Lansford just put his hand up.
2: Who's Flash, I went, Sean?
3: Ah. I forget what his real name is. He's an ex-Southampton <laughs> um, player. Flash Gordon. But uh, I forget what his real name is. Okay, you know what who, I
0: mean? Who, who, Simon. Lansby was always, wasn't he, nominated to be coming in in case. That yeah, happened, that's wasn't it? That's what I explained on
3: the interview. But yeah, you know, they're not West Ham, uh, Villa, and Southampton fans. What would they know?
0: But it was it in It actually installed a massive air of optimism everywhere, and that was very apparent on Saturday morning when we arrived at Upton Park. Everyone was well up for it, and it
2: was. But I think I saw a tweet with said that the pre-game optimism is unsurprisingly ruined by the end of the performance on Saturday but yeah Let, let's, we'll, let's stay on about, we'll stay on Blackpool about, we'll stay on Blackpool because
4: well yeah
3: how about the sending off obviously um we appealed it and we got away with it um you've probably seen it on the BBC um yeah coverage what, what, what was your fault?
2: I, I, I personally thought it should have been a yellow card the ball was going far away from the goal and fire was there as well so yeah there was cover I think there. it's the
0: right right decision it was a proper it was a a proper foul it was yeah a yeah card. sent him flying didn't he yeah he did it wasn't a red card directly but, it, but he obviously thought they were giving him the red card because he was the last person in on goal but it was proven on appeal it wasn't the case so
3: well interesting on. on the stats I know stats don't always tell the story but he, here are the stats. We only had 49% of possession. They had 51. They had um, nine, 14 shots. We had 15. And we both had seven shots on target so, and three corners each. So, despite that, a 4 1 win and the way we played with 10 men fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And Gary O'Neill scored, which is a rarity.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's been injured. And, world. and uh, don't forget our new boys as well. You know, Vazte and Maynard both yeah, got no, there.
2: They both, they, yeah, they did. But again, sort of ruined it at Palace. I don't think Vazte was very good on Saturday, or Maynard for that matter. No. But anyway, let's let's move well, on you know, to Palace.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, what were you going to say, Sean? Go on. You got to say it now.
3: No, I was going to. I was going to say, Big Sam sent an email out exactly that. Although his excuse. For the two difference between the two is they've had a lot of games and they're tired and, you know, a point to point and, you know, we've got, you know, playing with ten men for three games has taken its toll and, and that toll was shown against Palace on Saturday which is a good link for you to move to Palace.
2: Yeah, it is. Then
0: you should have changed the team around a bit more but there you go. Go on then. let's go Palace. Palace,
2: <laughs> West Ham possession 53%, Palace 47 so we have more possession, but attempts on target, Palace eight, West Ham five. I think that says it all.
0: Yeah, no, it wasn't it was very again disjointed. tay kept losing the ball. Um our best player again again I think it was Tompkins and between Tompkins and Noble. It was uh disappointing. Um we looked Facts. a lot better when Bulldot came on. Bulldog looked much a better player than Maynard, he was finding space and the ball they kept finding him. But, yeah, it was disappointing. But we're still up there and we're still in... We were sh- it didn't deserve to be booed at any time. I thought that was pretty disgraceful, to be honest. We actually... Shit did you hear any...
2: And- yeah, yeah, we
0: did Did you hear booing. any booing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there was a bit of booing at half-time. So when they went off at half-time and George... Oh, shut up, little George is going. And, yeah, it was, there was... It wasn't massive boos. It wasn't like they were totally booed off. But... But where was booing coming booing.
3: from? Was it coming from Trevor Brook in lower or was it coming from the West End? Where, where was the booing coming from? It was
0: coming, I'd say it was coming more from over the old Dr. Martin's way. And
2: yeah, was, West End, the Alpari stand actually. Oh, the, you know the Alpari, Alpari it. stand, yeah. yeah. It was, it but was, yeah, that's to be expected. It is the biggest stand in the ground. Yeah. but uh, I Rhys, did you watch the game? No, I didn't. I was no, working. Fair enough. Oh yeah, you it, was the, guy, you? Mm. it was on Sky. It was on Sky. Was I 12. watched
3: it on Sky Go, which is uh, I really it was really cool. I was watching it on an iPad on Sky Go. Although I lost I lost the Wi-Fi a couple of times, especially at the end. But yeah, I, I, is that uh, your Korean good, friend? Yeah, well, it wasn't a good game to watch, but it was good. It was on Sky.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you missed that one, Sean. Don't worry, you'll pick up. You'll pick up. You'll hear that one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um. Um, and, and Cardiff's games on, on
3: TV as well so we're going to be a bit spoiled aren't we
2: Cardiff's game on Sunday yeah 1 yeah. o'clock in it
0: yeah see I didn't know which way we wanted that result to go yesterday don't know whether it's
2: oh at least we got extra time out of them time out a little bit more yeah
4: mm-hmm. at least you know if you get really a penalty line
3: to watch now but I'm sure we'll talk about that later um, but yeah, let's uh, forget about it. Point's a point. Respect the point. Let's about say it. we were tired. Move on. Nothing to see here. Palace. Yeah. London's derby, blah, blah, blah. We're blah, still blah, up there.
0: Mm. We're still up there. Let's get on and win the next game. Come on, you irons.
2: Oh, yeah, I agree. Mm. Um, someone's in the studio to see us, Sean. Guess who it is.
3: I don't know. Who is it?
2: Mrs. Clunge. Foxy oh, Hello. Thanks for having me back
1: again
3: casper um, Schmeichel
2: is under consideration for a summer move if or slash when Green leaves. Um, he could be a good signing. There was record shirt sales versus Palace. We sold 1,625 away shirts and 1,055 home shirts. It's the busiest day in two years in the club shop. Um, we're hoping for an attendance of about 32,000 versus Watford which is really good for a Wednesday night and has set out for Doncaster. Um, Frank Nuble will leave West Ham on a free in the summer. He's been told he has no future and there's no contract being offered. And Julian Fobert wants to move his young family back to France in the summer, so he will leave. Um, we have offered him a new contract, but he's refused it, just like Robert Green. Um, thank you. I'll see you next week. Thank you, Mrs Clunge. Again, very insightful. Don't you agree, everyone? Yeah, she's yeah.
4: looking better. Has she been
2: doing that diet? Yeah.
3: I just love the shirt sales updates. They just make my week.
2: Well, I thought that was quite interesting. It's the busiest, <laughs> busiest day in the club shop for two years.
3: Excellent, yeah. All buying yeah, Henry that's...
4: Lansbury goalie tops. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm sure.
2: Um, the next part of our podcast is an interview with the former player. I don't know if you'd like to introduce this one, Sean, from South Korea. Yeah,
3: well, I, I will uh, introduce him because you've got no idea who he was. I just want to remind everyone from last week you didn't know who David Cross was, but um, to, I've let the cat out of the bag. Anyway, he's, he's a legend, West Ham legend, with 77 goals. He was in the FA Cup final that we won in 1980. It was David Cross, and I caught up with him last week when I was in the UK. Uh, and recorded a really great uh, interview for half an hour, and we split it in two parts, and here's part one. And welcome to more than just a podcast. It's a legend, the Goal machine. It's David Cross. Uh, welcome, David.
5: Sure, that's kind of you.:
3: yeah. um, Looking up your record, and I, I am always scared to say this because someone says, well, that's wrong. Wikipedia claims 77 goals in all competitions, in 179 appearances in a West Ham shirt, does, does that sound right?
5: Uh, no, that is wrong. <laughs> uh, that's just that's just league games. Um, it's I, I actually got 99 goals for the club in league and cup um, in about 230 games.
3: Wow, wow! And, and so the,
5: the, the the thing in Wikipedia is just league games.
3: It's just league games, is it?
5: Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and it
3: went on, and, I don't, and I don't, in your whole career, 223 goals in 599
5: appearances. Again, that, that does sound right. And that's probably legal or probably all competitions? That would be, I think, yeah, I think that would be all competitions. But the interesting one for me was that when I went into my last game at, for West Ham at Wolves, I knew I needed two goals to get 100 goals for the club. Um, and I got one, uh, so I finished at 99, so that was disappointing. But, yeah. Um, well, disappointing in some respects, but when I joined the club back in 1977, if someone had said you leave five years later and you had 99 goals for the club, I had to snatch the hands off. We'd all be happy,
3: yeah. And I mean, let's start with the beginning of your career, because I believe you were born in Rochdale, and you started uh, your youth as, as a Rochdale player, uh, then moved to Coventry. Uh, sorry, to Norwich, um, then to Coventry, then yeah. to West Brom. Again, if my my research is correct.
5: I was actually born in Haywood, uh, but Rochdale was my first club. Yeah. Rochdale, Rochdale's the next town on. Uh, so you, you Haywood, left West so.
3: Brom, so it says um, for West yep. Ham for 180,000 yep. transfer fee in 1977, as you said before. Um, yeah. My first question is, what what made you come down south and and, and join West Ham?
5: Well. I'd uh, had the chance to come to the club 12 months previously when Ron Greenwood was manager. Um, And I was then at Coventry, uh, and it was pretty obvious I was going to leave Coventry uh, for a a various number of reasons. But um, John and Ron Greenwood contacted me. I had a good chat with them. But I, I was just a bit wary of coming to London. I was 26, single, and I just thought, hang on a minute, London, 26, single. I'm not really sure whether you know that's going to do any good from the football. So John and um, Ron Greenwood tried to persuade me to come, but I'd had another offer from West Brom as well at that time. So because Coventry and West Ham and uh, West Brom are, are fairly close to one another, I could still live in Coventry and travel to train at West Brom every day. So I took the West Brom option uh, and had a year there, um, and then again I was I knew I was going to leave West Brom uh, and John. Called me up again and just said, Would I come down to West Ham? Would I consider it? He remembered I was wary about coming to London in the first place. Um, and he said, Look, if you want to come down, meet us at Upton Park, I'll take you around the area, I'll show you where I live. Um, you know, it's not as bad as you think. I, when, in, in terms of bad, I mean, I was talking social, Sean. You know, I, I just thought, you know, if I'm out with the lads down in London, you know, it could be mayhem for me <laughs> and that could make my football suffer. I didn't want that to happen. I wanted, and I was still hopefully moving up at the age of 26, 27. Uh, anyway, to cut a long story short, I, I met John. He showed me around the Abridge kind of Chigwell area, and, all, and he took me to his house. I had tea with him and, him and Yvonne at his house, and um, in the end, he kind of morally blackmailed me into signing. But I, I, I wanted to come down. I was ready for it at then. I'd I considered it, and and, I, you know, I just thought, this is probably the last chance I'm going to get to go to, for what, for me, and I know West Ham and Coventry are fairly big clubs, but for what would be a, a big club, you know, in my eyes, West Ham, you know, the tradition and, and everything they've done, uh, and I just thought, the, the fabulous chance, I turned it down 12 months ago, I've got to come now. So, and, and I signed for the club on, on my 27th birthday, on December okay. 8th. You made your debut. So
3: you made your debut against your old team, I believe, against West Brom. I did,
5: yeah. What, yeah, what memories do you have Brom, of that
3: first game? Yeah, it was just
5: difficult. Yeah, difficult. It, it was a difficult occasion because uh, I was really close to all the lads at West Brom. It was a, we had a fantastic tight knit group of players, and, and obviously I was one of them. Then within two or three days I've left, and now I'm coming back playing against. them. so it was difficult emotionally. It was quite difficult, but also I was playing against John Wylde and Alistair Robertson, who you know who were notoriously big, strong centre-halves and, you know, very difficult to play against. So it wasn't an easy debut for me, but in some respects I got it out of the way quickly and uh, and then could get on with the job.
3: And you went on, it says, to score nine goals in 21 games that season, which which is not a bad first season.
5: No, well, the, the thing was we hadn't won a game. Uh, again, if you did, you know, if you look back, which I'm sure you would be, but... Uh, When I joined, we hadn't won a game, Um, I think on the 10th of December, two days after I signed, we beat Man United at Upton Park. I think Trevor got two goals, and that was the first win we'd had that season. So, you know, we we were in dire straits already, we were in the relegation zone, and uh, it was really a case of trying to get a goal scorer in who who would keep us up. Uh, And in that respect, I suppose I failed because, whatever, if you said I got nine goals in 21 games, if I'd got ten, we might have stayed up. So, uh, you know, we we went down. It it wasn't just an easy season for the club.
3: However, it it didn't take you long to, because obviously, um, and one of my first memories, I'm a little bit younger than you, um, but one of my first West Ham experiences was the uh, 1980 FA Cup final, um, where you were obviously played, and... and, um, You know, uh, against Arsenal, and uh, really? I believe you were, you played the lone, lone striker role in that. What's, what's your memories of that Cup final day?
5: Well, uh, yes, it, it was an unusual thing then. You know, people didn't really play four or teams, didn't really play four five one. But at that time, that John had done his research on West Ham, on sorry on Arsenal and decided that if he just played one up against uh, really Young and um, I can't think of who was centre-half. David... I think centre-half. Arsenal. Man is Leeds. Man is Aston Villa. David O'Leary. John had worked out that if he, uh, if he put one striker up against them rather than two and dropped Stuart Pearson, who was my partner generally in a four four two, if he dropped Stuart into midfield, it might just cause them a problem at the start of the game. Uh, and, and he worked it out exactly right because they didn't know who to pick up. They didn't know... Who should get Stuart? Who should pick up? What they should be with me? Um, and we scored a goal in that time before they had, you know, before they settled down. Trevor got his goal, uh, and the plan worked. But John had pulled a bit of a fast one because the only person who didn't tell about that was me until ten to three. Yeah.
3: Well, I think you had one good chance, if I remember rightly, which was either cleared off the line or blocked, etc. Um,
5: yes, that was the goal. Yeah,
3: and and that, that, that was. Uh, Obviously, did did Trevor the big question? Did Trevor mean it? You know, glancing header.
5: Yeah, Trevor meant it. He's, <laughs> um, I mean, it was the one chance I had, and I had the first stab at it. And Billy really Young cleared my shot off the line. Yeah. Stuart Pearson and hit the rebound, but really missed it. Uh, and it was going square across the face of goal. But Trevor was in there, um, and you know, he, it did happen quick. But he dives and he deflected it in. No, he, he, I'm sure he meant it a lot of stuff about Trevor not being able to head, head the ball and stuff like that, but he was a very clever player, and um, what a lot of people uh, don't realise is that seven days later, I think in the England-Scotland game up at hand, and he scored a goal with his head again. So, yeah, so well, he, it, he meant, he meant He's very happens, fondly remembered, and obviously,
3: obviously still comes to the club quite often. I, I sit in the Sir Trevor Brooking lower uh, stand as, as well, so you know it will always be fondly remembered. And, and, and obviously, went on to, to manage West Ham and got the best record for the few games he was in charge. Yeah, um,
5: he nearly catches up, didn't he?
3: Yeah, he did very nearly. So you went on to play in the side that got um, that won the the old money Division Two, uh, 1980 to 81 promotion back to Division One. Um, yeah, that
5: was the next
3: season. I think you scored 22 goals that season.
5: Is, does that sound correct? It, yeah, tw- twenty-two league goals. Yeah, th- thirty-four. Thirty-four. 34 you.
3: I was going to go on to say, yeah, you got you got awarded the golden boot didn't you after scoring thirty-four yeah. goals in in total, and it's it's a long yeah. time since we've had a West Ham striker that scores that many goals, and that, that one. could well, well, I don't know. We need now.
5: Well, Tony and Frank did all right just shortly after, I think, didn't they?
3: Yeah, in eighty-six, and that was a yeah. season yeah. I went to a lot. So, yeah. um, I think you've been asked. I mean, what, what was it? What 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 made your finishing touch that good that you, you uh um that you managed to, to bag thirty four goals that season
5: well I, I always say the same thing when I'm asked that question I, I was playing a very good side and I was a good finisher i was i was I was mobile uh, i was brave um and I was a good finisher and we just got so many chances because of the supply that was coming into the box i mean we played together for five years but well known Four years at that point um, with virtually the same team with Devonshire and Pike and Brookin and Allen um, and Patrick Holland and Jimmy Neighbor. So we knew, you know, what each other was about. And I I, I always used to say to any team I played for, I said, look, put it in the box and let me do the rest. Don't worry about trying to find me in the box. Just put the ball in the box and let me get on, on the end of it. That's my job. And we did get a fantastic supply into the box. Uh, if I made a run, generally speaking, the ball came through me because the lads knew what I was gonna do. So I was just lucky that I was playing in a side that produced so many chances. Um and uh, and I was a good finisher, that was, you know, probably the biggest attribute I had other than the fact that I you know, I was mobile and, and worked hard. So those two things combined, um, meant that, you know, a lot of chances, uh, and a good finisher and you know, that's that's what happens if you if you uh, get the ball into the into the box with good quality.
3: Well someone say that's what we've lacked this season and obviously we've we've dipped our toe into the transfer market with Azte and, and Nicky Maynard is what's your view on those guys? Do you think they, they've got the, the skills to uh as you say, be a good finisher and, and uh get some important Sean, goals for us?
5: Sean, I I, I work for Blackburn Olders now. Um in fact Sam took me to Blackburn two years ago. Uh to work there. So, I, my job with, with Blackburn is to analyse the opposition. So, the only games I watch are Premier League games. So, I haven't seen not either of those two players. I haven't seen Nicky Maynard play. Uh, and I haven't seen Ricardo Vazte play except when he was a young lad in Bolton's Reserves about yeah. five six seasons ago. So-
1: you should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewellery.
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb. dot com slash host.
5: Um, you know, I, I don't really know what uh, what both of them what both of them have, so it wouldn't be difficult for me to comment on that.
3: Well, uh, hopefully they they will go on, and we will find out very soon what what they're made of. Um, yes,
5: I hope so. Sorry. That's yeah. what we're doing.
3: You went on the next season, I think you, you bagged another 16 uh, league goals and, and you, got, you scored two, lots of four goals in, in two games against Grisby, Grimsby Town and then more importantly for West Ham supporters against Tottenham Hotspur um, in yeah, 81. Uh, and, uh, yeah. so, uh, but, you know, the love affair ended in, in 1982 when you went to Manchester City. What went wrong and, and why did you leave?
5: Oh, um, Oh, nothing went wrong. I was just getting married, and I was getting married to a local girl from uh, from where I live, from the same village as me, up home, and I'd always, at the end of my career, I always had thought that I would like to come back up up north. Um, I couldn't see myself settling down in in London forever, Um, and I had the opportunity to come back up north, uh, and we were getting married. My wife's a lawyer. She, She was a lawyer then. She is now, but she could have come down to London and tried to get work, but I realised that I could, because I'd got, like, the golden boot two years earlier, and I'd got 19 goals in what effectively was the Premier League, uh, that I, I could get a move uh, back up north. But the biggest deciding factor other than those two things were that I just felt that I'd had five seasons at West Ham and I just felt that the back end of that last season... Um, to sit, you know, it would be difficult to I wasn't I felt I wasn't flavour of the month. But I just felt that I wasn't functioning quite how I'd done maybe a season and a half earlier. And what I desperately didn't want to do was have one more season at Upton Park that went badly wrong for me and that people would remember that season rather than the five I'd had previously. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, you?
3: yeah that makes sense. I mean, you played um, for 12 uh, different teams, didn't you, over, over, over in your total, career? yeah. Um, yes, I, I did. But, but
5: West Ham was the, my longest spell at any well, club. Well, that's what I was, my next the question.
3: A, a lot of a lot of players that that played for multiple clubs end up still being quite passionate and supporting West Ham afterwards. Do you do you count yourself in that that um, club as well? That you're you're still yes, interested in West absolutely.
5: Ham
3: beyond yeah, the absolutely. other clubs it's in your my, career? That's 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 a club you like to follow. Yeah, that's,
5: that, West Ham's my club. That, that's where. The reason for that is um, not so much what I did there, but was how the fans took to me there. Uh, the fans were absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, analysing a professional footballer's career, whatever way you look at it, you play 50% of your games at home. Uh, and if your home fans like you, then that's good. If your home fans are indifferent or don't like you, then it's quite difficult to to look forward to playing at your home ground. I just found that almost from the minute I arrived at Upton Park, for some unknown reason, because I wasn't a typical West Ham player, uh, for some unknown reason, the fans just kind of took to me. You know, I, I did put myself about. I know, and I was aggressive, and and I got goals, so that helped. Um, but that was, you know, I I couldn't wait to, to get uh, to the ground on a Saturday if we were playing at home, um, and that's the reason why. Uh, West Ham is, is the club that I just, um, you know, always follow because the cl- the fans just did so much for me. You know, they took to me and they made made it so easy for me to play there. Uh, and I'll never forget that.
2: So that was part one of the David Cross interview. Part two is next week. Um, mm. Sean, did you enjoy that half of the interview?
3: Yeah, no, he's he's a he's a really nice guy. David is, and uh, you know, he's doing his stuff as I say. He doesn't, as he said, he doesn't he doesn't get to watch West Ham very much or get back because um, he watches the Blackburn games and, and a lot of Premiership games. So uh, if we get back into the Premiership, he'd be watching it. Although, of course, Blackburn might be going the other way, so you never know. He might do the same for West Ham one day for Big Sam. He's good, good friends with Big Sam. You never know.
2: Maybe. Um. It is time for support no, advisory update. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well done, George. Pulled it out of the bag. you recovered
3: from that really well. I, I, I don't so, think get it. Uh, if you listen to the podcast last week, uh, you'll know that I was due to go to the supporters advisory board about the ah, Olympic Stadium, yeah. uh, which I did. Um, around about fifty of us turned up of the seventy-five. It was a very short notice, and there are some reasons. Did you go fancy I dress I heard. I quite, a can't quite go into. We had to sign uh, non-disclosure agreements <laughs> with both the Olympic uh, Legacy Committee and with, with West Ham. So, again, there's limited stuff that I can say. What I can say, it, it was hosted by Karen Brady um, and the marketing director, Tara. Um, I can say that West Ham have not yet decided whether they're going to bid or not for the Olympic Stadium. The deadline is the 23rd of March. Uh, the other thing I can say is that of the 49 or 50 of us who went to it, at the end of the evening uh, they asked for a volunteer to be a chair stroke single point of contact, and I found myself putting up my hands, so I am now this is the support. single point like, of like contact. Yeah, I know. Not like me at all. So I'm... Um, <laughs> Charles getting I'm
0: closer to David Gold. Mm.
3: Well, prob- probably more Karen Brady <laughs> is involved in this one than, than David Gold and David Sullivan. Um, so we're, we're just waiting um, for a few things to be sorted out on the minutes from the meeting of what can and what can't be said to fans. And I'll be talking to the remaining... all the members of the SAB... and uh, and, and getting feedback from fans. But I'm I'm planning to put something on West Ham till I die. Um, Hopefully going to try and write to Knees Up Mother Brown and any other West Ham blogs um, to try and get the word out there that we want feedback for the SAB members before the 23rd of March deadline. But while I was there... Um, we were being—it it was great because as we entered uh, the bowline and we, we had the, the SAB meeting in um, on last Thursday at the 66 Club or the Legends Lounge—I can't remember which it was—we uh, were being picketed by Hughes View, and they were giving out letters saying, "Dear SAB member, um, you know the, these these are our aims," um, and, and one um, of the SAB, of the Hughes View committee actually sits as a SAB member, and, and we've agreed not to reveal his identity, um, but while I was there, inside the Legends Lounge, I did an interview with him, because uh, of the right reply, Last, apparently the committee were not happy on what Ian Dale said and what my view, sometimes quite pro for the move, so we're, we're impartial here, I know George and, and uh, well no, no, John doesn't feel the same way, so this is what you said. And we welcome to more than just a podcast, a committee and one of the founders of Hughes View. Um, Hughes View Committee contacted me last week, uh, upset at um, maybe my views and Ian Dale's views. Um, I know that all of uh, the presenters feel the same. In fact, they've got the opposite view. So, right reply, we thought we'd talk to one of the committee members, who's going to stay anonymous, but uh, he is a uh, fully member of the committee.
1: Yes, thank you very much. (laughs) So... What, what are the aims of the committee in a nutshell? The aim of his view is primarily for the club to release the plans of the move to stadium and then set out the options involved and then say to all season ticket holders and then to club members, do you want to go yes or no? Another thing that we want is we want the poll to be done by an independent uh, society like the Electrical Reform Society who can carry out these forms and audit it independently, rather than it done by the club or by a supporters group who could be accused of gerrymandering the result for their own means. And and obviously you've read
3: the comments from David Sullivan in uh, Ian Dale's uh, interview.
1: What What's your view on that? Um, our view on that still stands that, at the end of the day... It, it's the, the fans are the ones that will be using the stadium, we should be the ones that choose whether we go or not. So, you know, obviously in in his view he said, you know, it's not democracy,
3: we're the owners and we've got to decide what's best for West Ham. Do you, do you not have some sympathy with that view that, you know, it's their business, they've got to live with it afterwards and the fans have got to live with it, but, you know, it's
1: not a democracy, it's not a club owned by the fans. No, it's not a a club owned by the fans, but then David Gold on Twitter has said himself that the club is owned by the fans and they just own the debts, so there's a bit of non-communication going on there. Okay, fair enough. So how can people get involved in the campaign? They can go to whosview.com and they can register and then we will keep them informed of what goes on with our committee and our discussions with the club
3: excellent well you know' we're, we're impartiality we're always there write a reply and uh, thanks for uh, being part of more than just a podcast thank you very much
2: so that's um, a member of Who's view committee who are campaigning for the right to vote for uh, the, on the move to the Olympic Stadium what are our views here I know Sean you're very pro move aren't you
3: well I it's it's I'm I'm open-minded and want to see what's on offer before making the decision, but I, I don't... I have been... You know, I'm on record of saying I don't see... It would be very difficult to do a vote, but let's that's, that's, that's not annoy anyone else anymore. Let's hear other vote, uh, other views well, of other you know, I, presenters.
0: Yeah, I I think I think we have the right to vote. That's my opinion. And I, I think what you've done, actually getting that guy from Hughes Views, that interview there, was actually a good thing to do to give it, give it a little bit of a balance because... It was a little bit last week. Me and Dell and yourself agreeing with him it was all a little bit one-sided. So it's good to give it the other side. But I think yeah, we should should get that right to vote. That's my opinion.
2: Okay. I respect Reece.
3: your view, John.
2: Reece. Thank you, Sean. Rhys, what's your opinion? Um. <laughs> hey.
4: uh, no. It... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I know. Um, it's, my it's, opinion oh. is, I've got an opinion. Um, I think if all the cards are on the table, so to speak, if the club put out, this is exactly what's going to happen. I think fans should have a vote and that, but as it's a business and a club, the vote should be in consideration. I don't think, even if it's the wrong thing to do, I still think the club should stick by it but I don't think they will because the fans have a lot of say in West Ham. But I'm sure they'll make the right decision because if a lot of the Let's fans hope, protest, man. then you, you, you'd you think, well, we shouldn't do it, but it is a business at the end of the day and if they can make money on it, because that's the end of the day, that's what they're in it for. That's
0: not what they say. Right? That's it. not what they do. Well, like.
4: that's what a lot of... Yeah, obviously they're passionate on that, but a lot of chairmen are there in to make it. If it doesn't go well, they'll look to sell out and... Uh, someone else will take it, but I think they're in good hands, so they'll make the right choice so that's, uh, that's Reese's opinion time. Mm.
2: Um, it's time for David gold question time. time time so this is the point of the podcast where we go over david gold 's tweets to fans in recent times and reenact them for you. Um, I believe, Sean, you're first.
3: Oh, hello, old chap. It's uh, Jamie Payne, 32, here. I'm going to keep on asking you until you fix that that leak above my seat in Upton Park. Dr Martins Upper, Roach Row HH, seat 156. Sort it out, please. Kiss, kiss.
0: Jamie, it's been difficult to fix your seat when you give the location as Upton Park. But now we can fix it, DG.
2: Fans sometimes boo because the, the players don't care.
0: Vito Andy, I'm at the training ground. I'm in the dressing room before and after the game. I can tell you the players care as much as we do, DG.
4: DG, my goldfish just died. Can I have a retweet? Low.
0: <laughs> no. You can't have a retweet for such a ridiculous reason. P.S. Are you sure it's dead? DG.
3: Oh, hello, David. What is the issue with Marek Stetch? In my opinion, he is our best reserve keeper, except Henry Lansbury.
2: Sean, Sean, sorry, can I just say, imagine if someone walked in your room now. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> your hotel room in South Korea.
0: expand you going hello. <laughs> oh hello
2: David <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: they're
0: probably Boy. wondering
4: why Wi is missing
0: <laughs> Ricky Boy T sorry Rick I can't I don't know the answer to that but what I do know is that you're not the manager
2: DG Ooh. and these are from a friend of mine Coxie25 um John usually reads out these ones, so John.
0: David Gold, I'm watching you on telly, DG. Is it possible for Alan Titchmarsh to have his tie back because he's got an interview at Argos tomorrow? (laughs) David Gold, have you considered changing your first name to Whisper and becoming a walking advert for a brand of chocolate? Can also change it to UK. (laughs) David Gold, is it true by the year... 2019, all librarians will have the ability to sing opera using voice boxes <laughs>
2: attached
0: to their elbows.
2: Keep them coming, Coxie. And that was. Uh,
1: David Gold,
2: question time,
3: time, time.
2: Again, oh. comedy voices, very popular, though. Sean, what were you going to say then?
3: Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was going to say it's uh, Twitter question time. I've got. I've got an extra one here as well because uh, okay. someone asked me why um, I'm in Korea.
2: So it's our Twitter question time. So the first one is from Sean W H U. That's not you, is it, Sean? No. Um, it says, "Do you think our draw with Palace was totally down to us playing 200 minutes with 10 men, or were Palace just too strong with us?"
0: I think Pal- Palace were well lively and fast. I think. Yeah, I think that's going to have a factor having 10 men. Yeah, but yeah, I would have thought they were a bit worn out.
4: It'd be interesting to see who played in all of the three different games if he's changed it up or has he stuck with the same team? I think he's
3: pretty
2: much stuck with the same team.
3: He he says that in his his email today. He says maybe it was my fault because I stuck to the same team, uh, but they played so well, I kept it the same, so he didn't change it. He's saying that that might be an issue. But I think we just, you know, they set themselves out really well, they stuck to their plan, and, you know, we had an off day. I I, I wouldn't read too much into it more than, it, you know, it didn't work out. And, and, and they had the better strategy, and, and, you know, as you say, they played up, it was their cup final. We are Man United of the Championship.
0: It'll, it'll all be better now anyway, Nyland's back.
3: Yeah, keep him out.
2: Solid. <laughs> um, Sean, you said you had another question?
3: No, just someone's saying, Why are you in Korea? I'm sitting. I'm sitting up the West Ham franchise for um, World out World in Korea. World no, World that's World. not true. <laughs> I, it's a bit more boring. We've got an office where I work out in Korea, and I'm out in Seoul in Korea on business. Nothing else.
2: And to see not, Wi-Fi.
3: And, uh, yeah, and to see Wi-Fi, and uh, oh, and, and hopefully I'm meeting up. I've, there's no West Ham supporters club out here. Um, no affiliated. Clubs, but I found one person. His name's Neil. He lives in and works in Korea, and I'm hoping to meet up with him over the next two days. But um, as you've probably worked out, his name is Neil. He's not Korean, uh, and he comes from Belfast. So, um, but that's hopefully I might catch an interview if I if I catch up with him. I will do an interview for next week's podcast. Did nice. your
0: Did your mum never tell you not to
2: meet strangers?
3: She did, but uh, uh, there you go.
2: <laughs> Life on the AJ. And uh, oh, we've got one from Simon Tunhill here, Reese. Oh, yeah, it's about you again. Uh, he says, "Hi guys, glad to hear Reese has himself another loan deal. Does he like the red colour of Hampton and Richmond shirts?"
4: I do. I do like the kit. It's a nice red and the blue. It's a dark blue with it, so it's like a Spain kit. So I, I get excited.
2: Well, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, it is is nice, to see Simon. I think it's time for predictions, Sean. Yes, so we is. have We have Cardiff on Sunday, live on BBC. Mm. Um, what are our thoughts on this game? Obviously, Cardiff had a Barbecue. big game yesterday and lost on penalties. So, they played the extra what do you half think, an hour please? of extra time. I reckon I it will with, be uh,
4: a cup hangover. I reckon, as my mum always says, kick them while they're down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would go... <laughs> she's, she's, she's been through a lot. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, I re- I reckon um it'd be a convi- not a convincing win in the score, but a convincing win as in possession and chances. But you think we'll win? I think it will be a tight game, but a game that you'll win comfortably.
3: And
2: Sean, what are you what are your predictions?
3: Um, maybe it's a jet lag, but I'm going to go a bit more pessimistic. I'm going to go for a draw, um, one-one with Carlton Cole scoring, and um, you just can't get
0: that Korean thing out of your head, mate. Can you? sorry (laughs) I didn't hear that John there's a slight delay sorry Sorry, I I said you couldn't can't get that I'll I'll tell you later mate Uh, listen to it we've
2: just had another question in from Spanky 1985 he says what do you make of the of David Sullivan's comments over the Olympic Stadium and the consultation with the fans Sean I think that one Sean
3: (laughs) Well, um, I think I've covered that already, haven't I? On, on the SAB update, um, I don't know what David Gold said separately from. Sullivan. Uh, so, sorry, David Sullivan. What yeah. he, is he talking about? The interview with Ian Dow? I would imagine. Well, um, I I can't really answer that. I I did. No, I can't answer that. <laughs> I can't okay. answer that. I'm going to I'm right. going to say no comment. I'm afraid. Did you answer
4: it in the riddle? So you haven't actually answered it. You just said words that might relate to the answer. No comment. Well, what kind uh, of, a oh, <laughs> of a riddle is that? riddle it. Right.
2: Um, John, your predictions for Cardiff.
3: On I I
0: Wait. say I when when I was watching that the other day, I didn't know whether it'd be better for them to win or lose. Really, I if they won, they might just be all shot and get beat by us quite easily. But having lose when they lose. He's got a big job, Malcolm McCarty, to get him up again. So, see how well he does. Let's hope he doesn't do very good, and we will win 2-0. Uh,
2: oh, I think we'll win. I think we'll win 2-1. Um, we'll probably go 1-0 down, come out second half, score twice, big Sam team talk, and uh, we'll win. Let's I think, hope so. Um, I think that's it from more than just a podcast podcast. Is that right, Sean? Covered everything.
3: Yeah. I think yeah. we have. Yes, signing off from Seoul in Korea, where it's now um, nearly seven o'clock in the morning. It's called seven in the morning, and it is uh, what nearly quarter to ten your time, isn't it? In the evening on a Monday night, and I'm on a Tuesday. I'm in I'm in the future because I'm on Tuesday. You're on Monday.
2: Are you going back to bed now, Sean, or are you?
3: I will go back to bed. Yeah.
2: Very nice. Um, it's goodbye from me, George, in England.
4: It's goodbye from me, Reese, in Prague.
0: <laughs> it's goodbye from me, John, in bed. <laughs> Wee. Wee.
3: It's goodbye from me and Wi-Fi as well. One, <laughs> <laughs> one. <111.
0: laughs> Bye. Bye.
2: Mate. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. Cheerio.
1: Moore. More just a podcast. Moore.